You know, one question I often get asked is, how can I listen to ad-free shows? Well, the answer is simple. You plug directly into your normal podcast app, like Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, and you do that through an RSS link. And then you just listen like you always would, except no commercials. Here's something else you may not know. You not only get the shows early and ad-free, but you also get a ton of bonus content with adfreeshows.com. You also get early access to many of your other favorite wrestling podcasts from William Regal's new show to the road dog, Brian James to Matt Hardy and so much more starting at just $9. So quick Scott Steiner math tells us that's less than 20 cents an episode each month. See for yourself what thousands of other wrestling fans have already discovered that adfreeshows.com is the best value in wrestling today. Check it out for yourself at adfreeshows.com. And if you're looking for the ultimate gift for the wrestling fan this Father's Day, you can now give the gift of ad-free shows. Head over to adfreegift.com right now to purchase an ad-free show subscription to get over with someone special in your life this Father's Day. That's adfreegift.com. symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Kurt Angle and welcome to the Kurt Angle show on the show today. We'll be discussing the first and only time I was ever crowned King, but first let me introduce to you, my co-host Paul Bromwell. How you doing today, Paul? Kurt, I'm doing great, man. What a couple weeks it's been on the Kurt Angle show. We've covered you becoming bald. We've discussed <laughs> yeah. the cornerstone of the WWE for 15 years. Mr. John Cena, we transitioned to your first TNA title win and then Ronda Rousey stops by for a visit that folks are still buzzing about. The baddest and, woman on the planet. Yes. Man, so fun. And we're not done because like you said, uh, man, we're going to talk all about when you are crowned and you get a king, a, a, a crown on your head, your king of the ring 2000. Are you ready to do this today? I am ready, Paul. As ready uh, as I ever could be. All right, let's do it, man. Well, we're going to start coming off judgment day, 2000. And before we begin with what you did at the show, let's talk about what's going on on that show, because the main event is a classic Ironman match with Shawn Michaels as the referee with Triple H taking on The Rock. It also features Undertaker's return as the American badass in his first gimmick change. Is this your first time that you met Shawn, or had you had already met him at this point? Actually, this was the first time I met Shawn, and I was hearing rumblings of how good he really was. And I was excited to see him work, but this particular night he was special guest referee. And so I wouldn't be able to see him work that night, but I was looking forward to seeing him work because I was told he's one of the absolute best. And I was looking forward to working with him eventually. Now nah, that's awesome. And man, you two would work together and, uh, we've documented on this show. We'll talk about it some more. I'm sure in future shows. But uh, we're going to have some fantastic matches. Let's talk about The Undertaker for a minute. I mentioned uh, the, the gimmick switch. You went from the dead man to the American badass. What did you think of that? Well, I, I think that Undertaker, he felt his character was getting stale as The Undertaker, and he wanted to switch it up and change to another character. And The American badass is actually who Undertaker really is. That's right. He really is that character. That, that is him. And the crazy thing is he made the transition and it was hugely successful. And, and what's even crazier is when he went back to the undertaker, he became even bigger and more popular. His undertaker character became bigger. It was amazing. So he did all the right things. He, he really did. You're right. I mean, a guy that transitions and, and you're right. People were probably thinking, you know, this is a breath of fresh air. And it was perfect for the era because it was a badass persona. He brought the theme music with him. 
You had uh, a little limp biscuit. Uh, it, the whole presentation golly, golly, was awesome. Golly. Yeah, so it kicked ass. And then, and then it's just enough where then when you're ready, you're ready for the dead man return. So the nostalgia is back. So it, it really worked. All right, so here we go. Let's talk about you because the at the, at the actual show. It's you, Edge, and Christian taking on Rikishi and Too Cool of Grandmaster Sexay and Scotty Too Hottie. I bring this up because it's written in the Observer that the, the, the pin of this match happens way before it's supposed to. Brian Christopher leg-dropped Edge off the top rope. Rikishi rolls over. The pin is counted, even though Edge kicks out, and it's reported in the Observer that you, my friend, were late getting there. What do you remember of this? Well, if I remember this match, I believe that the wrong people won, actually. I think we were supposed to win because I believe the following night we had a correction match. It was the same exact match. And I ended up going over in that match. So I, I, whether I was late or not for the, for the false count, um, we were supposed to win. And okay. uh, it just uh, didn't turn out that way. I guess the referee counted the three, even though Edge kicked out. Well, there you go. You're setting the record straight here. The observer reported <laughs> that the right team won, but you're saying you're saying that no. you guys were supposed to win. That's why we had a match the next night. The okay. following night, we had a correction match to turn it around. What were your thoughts on the whole uh, two cool and Rikishi combination? You like them together? Oh, they were one of the absolute most entertaining factions of all time. I mean, everybody loved them. Adults oh, yeah. loved them. Kids loved them. Everyone loved them. They were so entertaining and funny. It was awesome. It was a great time in wrestling, especially with those guys being in that era. Yeah, not only that, think about live shows. So the non-televised events oh, that yeah. they were had they were so fun to watch. I remember back in those days too, just coming Always out. dancing, having yes. a good time, yeah. Getting the crowd going. So yeah, fantastic combination those guys together now coming out of that show did you know and i know most of the time in kurt angle's career you're always told things last minute but did you know of the plan and that ultimately it was for you to win the king of the ring tournament well you know i was told uh right after the previous pay-per-view and okay. uh vince mcmahon was putting the rockets behind me um you know i was a rookie and uh, i won the european championship i won the intercontinental championship next in line was king of the ring and uh, Vince McMahon, as long as I kept producing and I kept impressing everybody, he was going to continue to push me. And this was my next uh, accomplishment is to win King of the Ring. Man, that's so cool. And uh, so Kurt Angle, he's got the Rockets behind him, the Rockets red glare. He is the US, the Olympic gold hero. So here we go. The next night on Raw, a redo match of sorts. To your point, you just talked about it, is done. The same six man. This time you do get the pin. So there you go. The correction. Kurt Angle won. <laughs> that's right. On Scotty Too Hottie. And uh, that's exactly why the match happens. And then on SmackDown that week, you take on Chris Benoit in an intercontinental title match that ends when hardcore Holly interferes and hits you with a chair. Were there plans for you to feud with Holly at this point? Do you remember that at all? Well, I I believe I did have a match with him at this particular time. And I also believe it's when I broke his arm. Um, I did a moonsault on Bob Holly and I came up short. It was the first time I ever tried the moonsault. Never practiced it. Just decided just to do it that night. That old rookie angle. Yeah. I, yeah, I came up short. And when he, uh, when I went to flip over, my shins hit his arm because he put his arm up to block it, me from landing on his body. And it, it broke his arm right in half. Compound fracture. I felt so badly. I went to the hospital with him. Yeah. I took him back to the hotel. I checked on him for the next month. I felt so badly because when wrestlers aren't working, they don't get paid. So I was taking money out of Bob's pocket by hurting him. And uh, it made me feel really badly. And I just wanted to make sure he was okay. And I kept checking on him. Well, it sounds like you handled it the ex- every way possible, the right way possible that you could have. Do you remember how he, how, how was he to you though? As, as he kind of went through that, was he, you know what? He, he was very grateful that I was uh, uh, catering to him trying That's to, right. you know, I was, I was very sincere and he, he, he always complimented me about that. That's cool. Uh, in the future, later on, you know, uh, after this occurred and he was healed up, he always said, Kurt, you always, you know, you took care of me and you always checked on me and I really do appreciate it. So it was really cool that Bob Hawley said that. 
Yeah, no, that's awesome. So you're on the road working some singles matches with Rikishi. Uh, this point, you guys are getting ready for working the big pay-per-view. And uh, so obviously you're spending some time together. You're working those live events. You're doing those shows. You've told us the story about the rib with the stink face, man. That's unforgettable. <laughs> Any other fun times that you want to share with us about just working with Rikishi in general? No, you know what? Rikishi was great. He got it. Like the, the guy could be a serious competitor and he could be an off the wall, hilarious, funny character. He just, he had, uh, he had all the tools to be whatever he wanted to be. I mean, for them to be able to get together to Cole and Rikishi and form a faction and be as entertaining as they were, it's pretty cool, man. I mean, that, that, that is, uh, that, that, that's a once in a lifetime thing. Those guys had incredible chemistry. For those of you who are, that are maybe still catching up on some past episodes and are like, Paul, what are you talking about? The rib with Rikishi. Uh, <laughs> Kurt Angle took a stink face after the guy didn't wipe his ass. Right, Kurt? Yes. Okay. What happened was, I'll tell the story <laughs> again. I was going to wrestle Rikishi that night, and he had to go number two. He went to the bathroom right before <laughs> the match, yeah. and he, he didn't wipe his ass. And he went out there and gave me the stink face, and it was so bad. And you know what? I thought his ass just stunk. Right? But afterward, he told me, hey, I ribbed you, man. I, I took a shit and <laughs> stuck my ass in your And face. used your face as a like, toilet paper. There should I go. be mad right now or should I be laughing? I didn't know yeah. what to do. <laughs> oh, God, Kurt. This episode is being brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, the simpler way to experience nicotine satisfaction and enjoy lasting change on your terms. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that's helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. I don't know about you, but there's been many times in my life where I needed to make a change, like trying to be healthier, spending less time at work. I knew I needed to make a change, but I just wasn't ready yet. And a lot of smokers and dippers out there can probably relate. Zen understands there isn't just one quote unquote, right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is a little different. Everyone's on their own journey. So whether you feel like you're ready to take that first step towards change, Zen will be there with you with the right strength, with the right flavor at the right time. If you're thinking about making a change and you want to learn more today, check out Zen nicotine pouches at ZYN.com. That's Zen.com. That's ZYN.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Well, uh, so that's, that's always a fun one to hear, but, uh, at raw, we'll move on at raw. You take on Eddie Guerrero for the European title. China gives you a low blow. Eddie picks up the win. This original incarnation of Latino heat with China was really fun to watch. Kurt, how long did it take for you to get to know the real Eddie once he came over from WCW? Not long. Eddie was really cool. Uh, one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Uh, what made him special was he was so passionate and, uh, very honest. You had to be honest and upfront with Eddie. As long as you were honest with him, he was cool. If you weren't honest with him, he would get pissed off. So Eddie was all about, you know, passion and honesty. And as long as you've followed those two traits, you were good with Eddie. Well, uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, we have clips and this is one of them this week. It's the ending of that match. Kurt versus Eddie. Kurt, let's take a look. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, the shreds. Woo! And they got to know that the, the McMahon Kelsey factor 
almost upon us here. But Guerrero able to get a couple of knee lifts and a drop kick in. Was he aiming for her or was he aiming for the European champion? Oh, he wasn't aiming for Mama Dita. Kurt Angle's a gentleman. He's asking a question here. There it is, Mama Sita taking it to your your nuts, your heroes. <laughs> yes, them. she did. You know how how about how young they looked? Oh my yes. god! Yes, <laughs> I know, man. That's twenty two years ago, Kurt. Yes, and, it uh, is. A long she, time ago. She she just hit you so hard, your nuts were in your throat. Can't couldn't be good for your health. <laughs> I'm here today though to talk to you about taking care of your health, and one way you can do that is with Elysium Health. Specifically, I want to talk about Basis by Elysium Health, who, by the way, are the most trusted source for NAD Plus supplementation. Their product, Basis, is clinically proven to increase levels of NAD Plus by 40% safely and sustainably. They are unlike any other health company I've seen, and they're at the forefront of NAD Plus supplementation. They have dozens of the world's best scientists. Eight of them are Nobel Prize winners. My goodness, that's like the gold medalist of, of, of scientists. NAD Plus is found in every single cell of your body and is responsible for creating energy and regulating hundreds of cell functions. But NAD Plus levels decline as you age. So for guys like Kurt and I, we're in our 40s and some of us are in our 50s. Lack of sleep, intense exercise, unbalanced diet, sun overexposure has proven to deplete our NAD Plus levels. Even with stuffing chicken snacks, steamed broccoli, and grilled chicken down our broken freaking necks, decreased NAD plus levels are linked to faster biological aging and can slow down vital body functions. We don't want that. And I don't know about you, Kurt, but this body needs to keep functioning, my friend. We have families to raise, wives to please, events to go to like Top Guy Weekend, and you have fans to meet and greet. So we need the edge, and Basis will do it for you. So go to trybasis.com slash angle and enter code angle at checkout to save 10% off basis prepaid plans, as well as other Elysium health supplements. That's trybasis.com slash angle and use code angle at checkout to save 10%. And thank you, Elysium health for sponsoring this episode. So Kurt, we move on at SmackDown. You announce you're going to win the King of the Ring after you qualify for the tournament. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. You're cocky and you're letting the world know, which you do after defeating Bradshaw, by the way, that night. And right after, though, Bradshaw gives you a lariat and leaves you laying. So what did you think of the booking that sees a heel get a win and a baby face immediately after it gets their comeuppance? And what was it like taking the old Bradshaw lariat, my friend? <laughs> Well, to begin with, um, I didn't like, they were doing this quite a bit back then where when the heels would win, uh, you know, the heels, when they win, they get, they, they walk away with the heat. That's right. They usually cheat to win. But when you have a baby face capitalize after the heel wins and ends up doing a move or a finish move on the heel, uh, it takes the heat away. What's the point? And, right. Yeah. They, they were doing this quite a bit at this particular time. And I'm not sure why I, you know, I really believe that when the heel wins, he needs to leave with the heat, you know, That's right. uh, go with it and continue on uh, with the program. But uh, Bradshaw's lariat, <laughs> it's stiff as hell, man. <laughs> he brings it. He, he hits those ropes. He comes full steam, takes your head off. It's a safe move, though, but it's pretty stiff. 
Oh, it's stiff. It is damn stiff. And we're going to watch it, you and, you and I, my friend. I have the ending of this match. Let's check it out. Here we go. Angle. Bradshaw whipped into the ropes. Oh, look out. What power. What a right hand by Bradshaw, who is putting a hurt, a beating on Kurt Angle. Kurt, I know you can out wrestling, but I don't know if you're going to be able to find this guy. Oh, no. Angle missed drop kick. Bradshaw hang on to the ropes. Look out. Bradshaw. Deep in the heart of the leg. Could, could be over. Oh. And Kurt Angle wisely no. gets the foot on the bottom rope, and it should have been over, Ken. Not wisely, intelligently. One of the three eyes that you so frequently forget. That showed great intelligence. <laughs> Bradshaw setting Kurt Angle up. Angle, nice reversal. There it is, exactly to your point. Heat's gone. Heat's gone. <laughs> go? Right out the door, know. brother. Yeah, yeah. And the crowd's cheering now as the match ends for, for Bradshaw. Leave them happy. That's what they did. <laughs> I guess. Well, we move on to Raw, and you're now teaming up with a couple of buddies, Edge and Christian, to take on the Dudleys and Chris Jericho. And you get the win over Bubba with the Olympic Slam. But afterwards, Jericho puts you in the walls before you get a 3D through a freaking table, Kurt. Is it hard to build momentum when you're getting wins? And then immediately right after, as we said, here you go again, getting crushed by the baby faces. Yes. Like I said before, you know, you, you want to leave with heat and they take it away from you. You know, the baby faces end up doing their finish moves after the match is over and the heat's gone. Uh, it doesn't help the storyline at all. Talk a little bit about the Dudleys because, you know, you didn't have, we didn't talk, we don't talk a ton about you and tag teams, but let's talk about the Dudleys. Just thoughts overall about them, working with them, et cetera. Um, I, I loved working with them. They're one of the greatest tag teams of all time. But what's crazy is they're actually great technicians. They can work in the ring. They're, they're really good technique wise. They, they're, they're better than people expect them to be. And, uh, you know, they're really cool guys too. And, uh, the great thing about those guys is they they can structure matches just as good of as Christian. Yeah, like Christian's wow. one of the best guys in the world uh, at structuring matches. Same with Team 3D, especially tag matches and gimmick matches. Ah, that's good, man. I love to hear kind of the insight on guys that and listen. Uh, we hear Bubba on Busted Open. He does a phenomenal job with Dave LaGreca. They have their own uh, wrestling show, and he's very insightful, articulate, breaking down the world of pro wrestling today. So that necess- it doesn't surprise me. And we know Devon's been used as a as a backstage producer. Uh, you know, so really yeah, it doesn't surprise it me. Yeah. There you go. Well, we're at the next SmackDown. The Dudleys end up defeating you, Edge, and Christian in a handicap match this time, but I bring this show up for a different reason. It's reported that there's a meeting that day about moves the WWF is going to ban, including these. The Tombstone Piledriver, banned. DDTs, banned. Brainbusters, and some suplexes. And this is a major part of your moveset at the time. What do you remember about all this? And uh, did it prove to be, you know, make some issues for you? Well, not for me in particular, because Vince McMahon pulled me aside and said, listen, I know that 90% of your repertoire are suplexes, and I want you to keep them because I know you're safe with them. You never land anybody on their head, and uh, I trust you that you'll continue to do a good job. So he allowed me to continue to do my belly-to-belly suplex and my German suplexes. And um, uh, the thing is, you know, I... I was really grateful that, uh, you know, I, I didn't have yeah. to take those out of my repertoire because that's what I did. Yes. I mean, that, that's my offense. And uh, thank God Vince McMahon continued to let me use it. Uh, that's good. But yeah, man, this is a, uh, that's big time news, especially for those, you know, that relied on some of those moves. You think about oh, the yeah. DDT, you know, that's. Yeah, especially That's, DDT. A lot of people were using those. Yeah, absolutely. What did you think of the company's decree to make it safer for the boys in the ring? And the company had to step in because otherwise boys wouldn't change. Uh, weren't going to change, I guess. I mean, is that a fair assessment at this time? You had yes, head yes. injuries. The boys would have killed themselves. Yeah. The office had to monitor the boys. 
Because if it were up to them, they would have been doing the craziest shit in the ring and, and oh, everybody goodness. be getting injured. Uh, you know, you just you have to monitor the athletes and make sure they don't do anything too crazy. Now, you had were only there for a short time at this point, but do you remember, uh, you know, up to this point taking any of those moves and thinking, holy shit, that rang my bell? Oh, you know what? I took a German suplex from Chris Benoit at, on the top of the top rope in a cage match. And I landed right on my head. I should have broke my neck and had a concussion. I don't know how I survived through that, but it's a cage match. I believe Stone Cold Steve Austin was commentating that night. If you ever, if you haven't seen it, check it out. I think it was in 2001. And uh, Chris Benoit threw a German suplex on me. I landed right on the back of my head, literally five feet below. So hmm. I, you know, we were up high on the top rope, leaning on the cage, and he he German me right in the middle of the ring. I mean. I landed right on my head. Dude, that it's shit crazy. is scary. Yeah. I mean, it's we scary. just saw, you know, I mean, uh, Big E right now. He He's out with some, with a suplex yeah. on the floor. That's that's what they mean. Yeah, when we was, were kids growing up, suplex. don't try this stuff at home. And, they, you know, oh. there's a reason for that. So there you <laughs> yes, go. Yes, there is. Well, we're, at, we're all on June 12th as we move along here. And something interesting happens. Stephanie McMahon is defending the women's title against Lita and Steph gets the win when you come running out and hit Lita with the Olympic slam. Oh, Kurt, don't worry. We got a clip of it. Triple H seems happy, but when you and Stephanie start hugging, he gets annoyed. Imagine that. This is the first circumstance of you and Stephanie being uh, really friendly, we'll call it. Is it nerve-wracking at this point in time to be working like this with the boss's daughter? Well, you know what? What I did to make everybody feel comfortable is whatever Stephanie and I came up with, the ideas that we had, I would present them to Vince and Triple H just out of respect to make sure I wasn't over crossing my boundaries. So I did that every show. So, you know, Stephanie and I had to do something a little bit, you know, crazy. Uh, you know, I ran it by Vince and Triple H to make sure it was okay with them. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're such a good guy and smart. That's for sure. All right, let's check it out. Here we go. It's Kurt and Stephanie. Here we go. Kurt Angle lowers Making the boom on, on, Stephanie. on Lita, and man, you have her in a vice grip of life. That is so fun to watch. How many women do you think I, I uh, Angle slammed in my career? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll say less than three. Uh, More than I think that? It was three. Okay. May Young, uh, Lita, Lita, and maybe China. I think okay. I Angle slammed China. <laughs> yeah, I just I like Angle slam women. <laughs> I, yeah, well, have you done? Have you angle slammed Giovanna, or do we want to go there? Many times. Ah, in our bedroom. Yes. <laughs> we'll save those for the Bluetooth spots. But listen, you were the whole time you watched that. Uh, you just had a grin from ear to ear on your face. I love watching you watch that. So fun. What a great time in your career, man. You, but you were having, you had to be having fun during all this, didn't oh, you? Yeah. Every week I couldn't wait to go to work. I was so excited. <laughs> First three years in the business, I was like a little kid in a candy store. I couldn't wait to see what was going to happen the following week. It was like I was always ready for anything. 
Would you say the first three years were probably the best years of your career? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and a lot of it had to do with, I, I injured my neck yeah. after that, you know, Makes three sense. years later, um, that's when the, the neck broke down and I had four broken necks in two yeah, and a half years. Man. And it was a really bad time for me, but the first three years were the funnest times. Yeah, that's cool. That's when well, I did all that funny shit too. The goofy Yeah, stuff. dude. You were comic comic you were like Saturday Night Live, Kurt Angle. You could have been <laughs> on that show. Well, we're the next night it's a sold out all state arena and you go one on one with a great one. And you're working with guys like the rock and Austin during that three years. So you're right, man. It didn't get much better than that. It ends in a DQ when triple H interferes and man, this is a big time elevation for you at this point. Is it not? Yeah. You know what? I was really lucky cause I was only in the business. Uh, I just started like five yeah. months before on TV and I only trained for eight months prior to that. So I had a little over a year experience and here I am, I'm in the ring with the rock, you know, a feature match with the rock. Uh, it did me justice, man. It, it elevated me. Every time I wrestled those guys, it elevated me, elevated me to a different level. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Uh, well around this time, let's speak about your buddy, Brock Lesnar, Brock. He signed <laughs> by the WWF at this time and he reports to OVW did you have any contact with Brock being a former amateur wrestler to convince him, Hey, you'll, you'll like this. I promise you're going to dig it. Or was that all handled uh, by the office? Well, Jerry Briscoe recruited him. Jerry recruited Jack Swagger, Shelton Benjamin, Charlie and Russ Haas, uh, Chad Gable, Jason Jordan, uh, Otis, you name it. Jerry Briscoe has recruited from amateur wrestling and he had the, this one with Brock. Wow. I mean, he, he picked the gold mine here because Brock was an animal. The mother He was a 290-pound monster in, in college, a world-class athlete, Division One national champion in wrestling. Uh, I couldn't wait to work with the kid. Uh, as long as he would pick up on the skills and on the pro wrestling side of it, uh, I was really excited to get in the ring with him because I knew that him and I would have great chemistry. Did any of those guys you just ran down the gamut, did they ever pick up the phone or text and say, hey, Kurt, I, I love and respect you. Always a fan of you, a fan of yours. Just looking for some advice here with what to do. Did, did you ever hear? Yeah, from Charlie and Shelton. Okay, hit me up. Yeah, we, we, you know, the team angle thing was really special. We had a great relationship, and I was teaching them quite a bit. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move along here to June sixteenth. You go to Puerto Rico and work for IWA Puerto Rico for their big show, and you defeat Perry Saturn. Was this your first time wrestling in Puerto Rico, Kurt? Yes, it was. It was really cool too. I, you know, I was told in the past that these fans are hardcore and, uh, you know, they take it, uh, from a realism perspective. So if they think the baby, they think the baby faces are real baby faces and the heels are real heels. Uh, so they, 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 you know, they buy into it a little bit more. And I heard that, uh, there are a couple of stabbings down there where wrestlers got killed. Yes, yes. So it's a little more volatile and, uh, a little more passionate. Down intense. There. Yeah, very intense. Yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about this. You had mentioned earlier the rocket ship is tied to you. Uh, Vince McMahon, he's all all in on Kurt Angle, and it's reported in the Observer at this time that, yes, Kurt Angle's in line for a big push. When this happens, does someone in the office come to you and say, hey, this is what we're going to be doing here, this is where we're going, or is it just Vince or someone else? Can you kind of talk us through what does that look like? Is it Vince basically pulling you aside and saying, Kurt, we're all in on you. This is, this is, this is your time. Yeah. Vince told me, he said, listen, I will continue to utilize you as long as you continue to impress me, as long as you keep getting better. Cause I was, had li very little experience when I started, but I was, I was uh, improving every single week and getting a lot better every week. And uh, so next in line was the King of the ring and Vince wanted to put the King of the ring title on me. And just a few months after that, I ended up winning the world championship. So the yeah. Rockets were definitely behind me that year. <laughs> you got it. Well, you open up Raw in Nashville on June 19th. You beat Bubba Ray, again, clean in the middle of the ring. Meltzer would put it over that it's the best match on the whole show. So maybe this is where the love affair with you and Dave Meltzer begins. <laughs> Are you hearing that, that from the agents that you're constantly having the best match on the show at this point in time? What are the agents saying to you? You know what? They, they didn't really tell you that. Um, you they know, every once in a while, they say, Hey, I think you stole the show, ah. but it was never like, Hey, you had the best match on the card and he had second best and he had third best. They didn't really rate the matches and, and nobody ever came up to me and said, you had the absolute best of the match of the night. Um, I don't know why they don't do that, but, uh, for some reason, uh, I've never had that compliment thrown in my face. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting. Were there any veterans in the locker room that you felt like would be kind of that encouraging type role to younger performers and just kind of come around and be like, dude, you crushed it tonight. Was there ever kind of that presence or was it like we all just had jobs and we went out and tried to do them and on to the next show? Or do you feel like you had like an encouraging voice as a young superstar in WWE? Um, you know what? I Nobody really encouraged me. Um, you know, I guess, you know, for the most part, Everybody, even though the business you're, you're helping each other out, it's really about yourself. Yeah. So, you know, you, you want to make sure number one is a okay. And that's you. And, uh, so you have to be a little selfish in the business. Now you're not so selfish when you do a job for somebody, you lose for somebody, but for the most part, you have to think about yourself and the direction you want to go and what your character is going to do and, and how far you want to take it. I got you. Yeah. Well, we move on to Memphis. It's SmackDown tapings. You're part of a big three-man tag team gauntlet match. It's The Rock, Kane, and Undertaker who were scheduled to take on Triple H and the McMahons in the main event of the pay-per-view. They first take on DX and Bull Buchanan and then defeat you, Edge, and Christian, and then also defeat TNA and Val Venus before you all beat them down and help the McMahons to get the win. There's a lot going on when there's almost 15 guys in the ring, Kurt. What's your goal, just not to get hurt here? You know what? When you have 15 guys in the ring, especially big guys like that, you have to worry about anyone clipping your legs or falling on top of you. It's almost like a battle royal. You know, it can get pretty dangerous when you have a lot of people in that ring. So you have to be really careful. Well, it's also reported in The Observer that the plans to move you away from the comedy of Edge and Christian and move you into more of a serious role as you're getting prepared for that big push as JR would say, are you told directly to tone it down, you know, certain aspects of what you're doing? Is it, or is it more just kind of moving you away from edge and Christian? They were moving me away from edge and Christian. Cause they wanted me to do less funny stuff. And, uh, Vince wanted the crowd, the fans to take me more seriously. So he wanted me to be more of a badass than a goofy, you know, funny guy, uh, funny wrestler, whatever. Uh, but, but, um, they did separate me from Edge and Christian, which helped a little bit, but I was still doing some, some funny stuff. I, yeah. I never really entirely quit, but I did a lot less of it at this particular time. Well, you would head on down to OVW to work the Louisville gardens for their big show. And you defeat the collector real name, Sylvester Turkey. This is one of the, of Turkey's first pro matches and Turkey is an interesting man with his history with you. He lost to you in the NCAA finals in 1992. <laughs> and it's reported that since Turkey was so green, you two would work a shoot fight in the beginning before it moved into a traditional wrestling match that you would win. Talk about it, Kurt. What do you remember? What did you think about Turkey? Did he ever really have a chance to make it in pro wrestling? Actually, I thought he did. And the reason is he wasn't so bad in the ring. I mean, he was very green. He just started out, but this guy was a monster. He was six foot six. He was 340 pounds and his head was this big, this big. I'm not lying to you. It's humongous. He had such a great look and I believe he ended up wrestling a couple of times on SmackDown and I'm not sure why he didn't pan out. I thought he would. I thought he was good enough to do it and his look. Oh my gosh. And his accomplishments, he was a division one NCAA champion the year after I beat him. And, wow. uh, you know, he was a world-class athlete. I'm just surprised that WWE didn't sign him and continue on with him. Mm. Well, you wrestle uh, Rikishi the night before the pay-per-view in Madison square garden. Rikishi gets the win. You two are ready to go for the next night. Aren't you Kurt? We are ready to go. We couldn't be any readier. <laughs> Kurt, I want to take a time out and share what should be a favorite moment for our listeners and re really what will help them be ready to go. And that is getting a plan together for protecting their families with Goliath life insurance. And it's time to tell you again about something I am super passionate about. And this is an ad for goliathlife.com. But to me, this is really about peace of mind. Think about insurance for a second. We all get medical and auto insurance, yet we never even know if we're going to have a need for it. Let me let you in on a little secret. You need life insurance. We're all going to die. Now, as you let that reality sink in, think about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow. If you don't have a plan for that, you need to visit GoliathLife.com. And I mean right now. Listen, I've lost two friends in their 40s in the last year and a half, and I don't even want to think about what their families would be going through had they not had life insurance. If you don't have it, get it. Protect your family. 
And I suggest you go to GoliathLife.com because they've made the process of getting affordable life insurance super easy. GoliathLife.com streamlines the life insurance process by allowing you to get quotes from more than 20 carriers within minutes. And you'll pick your terms and payments to fit your budget. You pick your price, you start the online application immediately, and even schedule the medical exam to come to you. I know because I've done it. They sent someone to my office. I skipped the phone calls, the paperwork, and the crazy invasive conversations. GoliathLife.com makes buying life insurance simple. No hidden fees, no upsells, no hassle. Hell, not even a phone call. GoliathLife.com is life insurance in your hands on your time. So get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home and begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at GoliathLife.com. Well, Kurt, we are here. It's King of the Ring 2000. We're live from Boston, Massachusetts. The story of the show is Rikishi defeating ben, Benoit via DQ when Benoit hits him with a chair and injures his shoulder. So there you go. But now it's you versus Jericho. And uh, from the Observer, Kurt Angle pinned Chris Jericho in 9 minutes 50 seconds. Dave said this was a really good match with a somewhat weak finish. Both did a lot of great moves. Jericho hit the line salt, but Angle got his foot on the ropes. Jericho hit a missile drop kick and a springboard drop kick, as well as a Frankensteiner off the top. Angle crossed up Jericho's usual face buster spot with a hard clothesline. Jericho got out of the slam, then put Angle in the lion tamer with when Stephanie McMahon came out. Angle was tapping, but ref Teddy Long missed it and was then bumped. And here we go. Stephanie went to hit Jericho with the belt, but he moved and she hit Angle. Actually, she missed Angle by way too much, but he took the bump anyway. Being that it's slapstick entertainment and you can do things like that, Jericho kissed Stephanie, but when he turned around, Angle used the Olympic Slam for the pin. Three and a quarter stars. Man, Meltzer must not have liked it if he gave it you only three and a quarter stars. <laughs> But listen, I mean, Kurt, you here you are with Stephanie McMahon coming out to save you. What did you think about this whole match with Chris? Oh, the match was great. I enjoyed the match. It was a weak finish, though. It wasn't a very good finish. And I wish Stephanie would have actually hit me with the title. That would have helped a little bit more. But, you know, it was just um, as good of the match as it was, the finish just wasn't strong enough. Well, hey, listen. It should have been a better buildup. Guess what? We're going to get to check out the end of this match. Here we go, Kurt. Oh, nice. Yeah, I knew you'd look forward to it. Here we go. <laughs> Has been slow every time. Oh, there you go. Downstairs. And Angle looking for that Olympic slam. Down by Jericho. No! Jericho going to go for the submission move. The walls of Jericho. Oh, no, Kurt. something. He's in the center of the ring. Tiffany is Jericho. Hey, what in the world? Stephanie What's she doing here? with the cover there it didn't look like it he'll be he'll be fine it wasn't too bad of a blow or whatever he said there to cover it i love it <laughs> yeah. so listen you're one match through and uh but talk about putting three matches together in one night i mean and it's three different opponents well you know what at this point in my career like i said before 
I was only in the business a little over a year from when I first stepped foot in the ring. That's it, like 13 months. And here I am doing three matches in one night. It was a lot of content to remember and a yeah. lot of wrestling. Um, I was uh, I was really nervous about that because I never had to wrestle three matches in one night before, especially this early in my career. And I knew there was I had my work cut out for me. You were earning it, pal. You were proving yourself every step of the way, too, though, with stuff like this. So uh, we move through the tournament. Rikishi defeats Val Venus in the semifinals. But once again, Val does some more damage to Rikishi's shoulder, leaving him to a disadvantage for the finals. So as you see, the storytelling continues to uh, evolve. You get to the finals by defeating Crash Holly. And, oh, yes, we're going to have the ending of that one, Kurt. From the Observer, Angle Pin Crash in 358. Angle threw all kinds of great suplexes. Fans really didn't care, though. Angle scored the clean pin with a hot shot and an Olympic slam. It was really good while it lasted, but was way too short. And, oh, my God, Dave Meltzer gave you two and a quarter stars. <laughs> Let's check out the, <laughs> the worst rating yet. Let's check out the ending. Here we go. Can you imagine this match with a time in the draw? A book been counted out. A book been You have Rakesi automatically becoming the king of the ring. First time around. Check him. You are one of the sharpest knives in the world. There's no doubt about it. Thank you. Nice suplex by Angle. Great technique. And you, JR, and me what? Well, you're not chopped liver either, you know. Keep up the good work. You might be working for the XFL. Wouldn't be bad. Until next February when uh, the kickoff uh, commences. For some slobber knocking football. And Crash Holly trying to do some slobber knocking here, but not for long as Angle regrouped quickly and came back with the knee into the abdomen. Except for the, the flurry of offense in the early going in this matchup, Angle has really been in control of Crash Holly. Well, come on, what'd you come expect? On, I, uh, you know, it has been a Cinderella story, but. Actually, only about on. 25 past the hour. Well, I mean, you know, for Cinderella, bigger of speech you're talking here. And now Crash reversing the, uh, the table. If you will. I, sometimes I get those fairy tales mixed up. Cinderella had the glass slipper or the, or the ruby slippers. I did the glass. And then ruby slippers was uh, Judy Garland. Oh, man! What, are, what does that have to do with the damn thing about this match? You, you keep referring to Crash as Cinderella. I didn't do it. You did it. I'm not trying to affect his, uh, his manhood or anything. It's just that he's like the underdog. And he just nailed Angle down with Angle. And now Crash going to take a chance here. Well, how is Cinderella the underdog? Crash Holly Rakishi, King of the Ring final. Oh, hot shot. And there it is, the Olympic slam by Kurt Angle. Well, it looks like the heel came off the slipper. He just turned into a big pumpkin. The heel is off the slipper. And there it is. Before we move on, though, uh, for those that didn't know Crash Holly, Aaron O'Grady, he was really one of the better workers. What did you think of working with Crash here and just Crash as a person in general? Uh, he had a heart of gold. And and the crazy thing about him, he was, he was so undersized, but he had the biggest balls. I mean, he you wouldn't think he, he was five foot six. You'd think he was six foot six because of how big his personality was and the way he handled himself in the ring. He thought he was a monster, and he was just mm. a little guy. It was in incredible. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, the next match, I got to bring it up. It's the evening gown uh, match between Pat Patterson against Gerald Briscoe for the hardcore title. Did you watch that god-awful mess, Kurt? Oh, I loved it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> the was going at it. Yes. I Gary Briscoe and Pat Patterson. Those guys with Vince McMahon when they did all those pre-tapes, 
anytime they were on TV, I, I absolutely loved it. <laughs> Listen, if it isn't enough, and if you're listening to the show, we already know you're a Kurt Angle fan. So if it isn't enough to go back and watch this to see the coronation, the crowning of Kurt Angle as the king, that's also another match that you get to watch for your viewing pleasure. So check that one out too. <laughs> it's the finals of the King of the Ring tournament. You take on Rikishi and from the Observer, Angle pin Rikishi with his belly-to-belly superplex. Wow, that had to be some belly-to-belly. We're going to watch it. It's uh, 5 minutes, 56 seconds uh, that this match went. Rikishi came out throwing blow after blow with the right arm that both Benoit and Venus had destroyed in their post-match attacks until finally he started to sell it. Rikishi kicked out of the Olympic splash before the finish. Dave Meltzer says, very disappointing finale. He gave it one star and three-quarter rating. Kurt... We're just going to watch the end. You don't have to comment. Let's watch what he says here, and then we'll talk about it. The only way that he's going to cover was using it his back. I'm telling you, everything that Rikishi does is hurts himself as much as he does Kurt Angle. Except uh, stink face. Angle propped up in the corner. This is the second time he's had the opportunity. The body odor from that uh, Iranian in the 96 Olympics. <laughs> Look at that! Did you see the Olympic slam? My God! I know the Olympic slam! Will that be? Oh, right the big man reached down from whatever he had left and was able to kick out. And I don't think I've seen anybody that I can recall kick out of Angle's Olympic slam. I don't think Kurt Angle's ever seen it either. He's in shock. King of the ring, baby. I'm crown king. Listen. And okay. I, you, you saw the stink face. We got to watch it. What did it bring back any, like, do you think you'll have nightmares again about that? Yes. Or? I will have nightmares every night. <laughs> hey, you know what? You <laughs> should go. That, yes. <laughs> you should go back. There you go. You should show that match to your kids. I, I saw on social media where uh, Giovanna was watching. She was doing a live stream or something. And she's like, here's Kurt. I can hear Kurt in the living room telling the kids. Yes. Daddy's won every match he's been in and showing highlights on the TV. Yep. Daddy won. Daddy won. You need to show him that one where daddy beat the big man, but he took the butt cheeks in the face. Okay. I want you to show him that one. I will definitely show my kids. <laughs> what did you think though? Overall the match, was it as disappointing to you? I mean, yeah, it was. It, okay. and, and the reason is we got cut for time. If gotcha. you notice, he gave me the stink face, and right after Angle slammed him. 
Yeah. So it just didn't make sense. You know, he was on the offense and then I turned it around, gave him a false finish right away. And then we went home. So we, we got about five minutes cut out of that match and it really affected our match. How was it to work with a guy the size of Rikishi? I mean, you pulled that belly to belly <laughs> you know off really well. It's crazy. The guy is so light on his feet. He weighs 400 pounds and, uh, you know, him being bottom heavy, you would think he would be heavy to pick up, but I could angle slam him easily. I could German suplex him easily. He gets up for you. He's an incredible okay. athlete. Ah, very cool. Are you feeling stuck making minimum payments on your credit card debt? Savewithconrad.com can help, and you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Get rid of your credit card debt and lower your monthly payments right now at savewithconrad.com. Well, the next night on Raw, you've got a ridiculously large crown, a robe, and a scepter, and you're officially king of the ring. You're supposed to have a coronation, but first, Shawn Michaels breaks your throne. Later, Triple H beats, beats you up wearing the crown. And, buddy, our final clip of the week, we got to check all this out. Let's take a look. I can't believe it. I am actually king of the ring. This is so amazing. This is incredible. This is unbelievable. I am literally talking to myself. The lady you know, hey, hey. I am just minutes from my coronation. And the reason why I summon you here is because, let's face it, you're a commoner. And I need a commoner's perspective. What do you think about these names? King Kurt. Huh? Hold on a second. How about King Angle? Hold on a second. I have a better one. I have a better one. How about Kurt Angle, Royal Gold Medalist? Huh? I'll tell you what. What do you think about it? The poor nation is next. We are back live and ready for King Kurt Angle's King of the Ring poor nation here, King. I can't wait. The King's here. See that cool crowd? Wait a minute. Wow, they really gave you some kind of celebration there, didn't they? <laughs> For real, huh? <laughs> my God, they destroyed your throne. They beat the, they beat shit, the out shit out of me and my throne. <laughs> what the hell? Hey, listen, do you have any props from the King of the Ring? No, they make you give it back. Yeah, the that's well, you should. Ring winner. They that, never let you keep that stuff. Uh, it's crazy. <laughs> they should, right? Oh, man, that crown, they were right about that crown. That thing was massive. It is massive. Well, you were fun though. Even in that limited backstage, you, you know, uh, talking about the peons and all that type of thing. Do you remember who that older guy was? You were even talking to, he was working there. He was working. That's hysterical. We just pulled him aside and said, Hey, you want to do a pre-day with us? (laughs) I love it. Don't say anything. That's what we said. Yeah. Just sit there and act, you know, just nod your head. So how big of a deal is it to you though, at this point in your career, I know you had already won the intercontinental belt. You had already won the European title, but still, this is a pretty cool, another notch in the belt for you another accomplishment is it not yeah yeah this was something i wanted to accomplish that yeah. you know the, when you win king of the ring you send a message to the fans that you're the next upcoming main eventer and a possible world champion so this kind of sets the tone for the year king of the ring when you win that most likely you're going to go for the world title eventually. that's right back that then, yeah year. yeah 
And that happened for you. Well, Kurt, this has been, I have enjoyed this episode. This has been fun watching the build and you being crowned and all the, all the hijinks in between. Let's get to some fan questions and we'll wrap it up. Let's start with our buddy, uh, a wrestling historian. And he said, uh, past King of the ring winners like Austin and Shamrock, they refused to wear the crown and cape because they felt it would hurt their tough guy image. Did you feel the same way after finding out that you were winning the tournament or did that bother you at all? Hell no, man. I'm going to wear that crown and that cape. Are you kidding me? I love it. I'm going to exploit that all the way to the bank, man. (laughs) That's awesome. That, that was my, Hey, that's what I did. My character was perfect for that. You know, winning King of the ring and doing this goofy shit. It was, it was a lot of fun. Richie says, was it pitched for you to use the King gimmick long-term? Uh, was that pitched at all? And do you think you could have pulled it off at that point in your career? Yeah, I probably could have pulled it off. I actually wouldn't have minded doing it, but uh, they they didn't have plans for me to do that. Not long-term anyway. Just that 15 to 20 minute snippet of you in the background with like the guy who, you know, normally stacks chairs in the back that alone told me that you could have pulled that off. You were, that (laughs) was gold. So you could have nailed it. Umar says, every week. Oh yeah. That would have been fun. What you would have come up with Umar, Kurt, how proud of you were when you won the King of the ring and was it bigger than when you won the IC and European belts? Yes, it was. Um, I think that the King of the Ring is your next step to getting the world title. So I, I know the Intercontinental title is as well, but I think that uh, King of the Ring, um, it's only once a year. The Intercontinental title is every month. So that that, that happens more often. I got you. The King of the Ring is very, you know, one time a year. So that that's very special accomplishment. Yeah. Very prestigious. I, I, I get yeah. what you're saying there. My buddy, uh, Tony flowers, who, by the way, man, such a great dude. He said, you had the rocket ship tied to you from almost day one. We've talked about it over and over on this episode. He said, since it's pro wrestling, and I'm sure there were some sour grapes amongst some of the boys about your tremendous push without paying your dues in the industry. Is this something you worked hard at overcoming backstage or did you just keep your head down and let the ring work speak for itself? Was it a friendly environment backstage for you at first? You know what? It was, uh, surprisingly, I didn't have any problems with anybody as long as I kept a good attitude and uh, I kept doing what I was doing. I think that I was impressing the boys as little experience as I was and how quickly I was improving and getting better. They saw that I caught on the business very quickly. And, um, I think I earned their respect. Yeah. You know, that phrase game recognizes game. And I think that it sounds like those guys recognized right away. Wow. He, he does have it. Kurt's got it. It's crazy, but I think you're right. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. Brad Stanton asks, uh, were you excited about being King of the ring or would you have rather been used in another capacity? It sounds like today you were really thrilled about it. Oh yeah. I wanted King of the ring, uh, next to the world title. That's the accomplishment you want, uh, pinned to your name. So yeah, definitely King of the ring. You want that accomplishment. Dylan Hager, this might be the question of the show. Who looked better for Kurt Angle in their evening gown, Pat Patterson or Gerald Briscoe? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I would say, and this is the reason why, is because I love Pat Patterson. I love Jerry Briscoe. I love them both. But Pat Patterson is gay, and I think he would have uh, loved to hear that he looked better in an evening gown. There you go. That's right. I'm going to say Pat Patterson. There you go. God rest his soul. I love it. Very good. Well, listen, Kurt, this was so much fun. Let's do what we do here and talk about some of the other fun things going on. We'll start with physicallyfit.com. And by the way, we've talked about it, Kurt, that world title belt from Wildcat Belts by making the video. That video needs to be submitted by June 25th. This is the last episode that'll air before that deadline. So get your video in on why you love chicken snacks. Go to physicallyfit.com to submit the video and you could win a contest that gets you this, what, $3,500 belt, Kurt? Yes, it's a $3,500 value. Uh, you know, do a fun 30 second video of why you absolutely love chicken snacks and snack smart crispy protein bites. And uh, you'll enter the contest. Uh, go to physicallyfit.com. Uh, punch the contest link and uh, and enter yourself. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the thing is, 10 runner-ups will also get $500 worth of chicken snacks. Uh-huh. So there are going to be 11 winners, the grand nice. champion and the 10 runner-ups. And, buddy, you got the flavors. Talk about them. Oh, we got many flavors. Honey mustard, Kung Po here. We got 
buffalo wing and blue cheese, cinnamon, uh, cinnamon swirl. Mm. We've got 11 different flavors, uh, organic pizza. plant protein and chicken protein. Yeah, the pizza flavor, that's a good one. Listen, there's something for everybody. So check it out and support our man, Kurt Angle, physicallyfit.com. Put in the code ANGLEPOD. That's going to get you 20% off. So check that out. Also, then when you're done there, open up another browser window and go to KurtAnglebrand.com. Kurt, they can support you there as well by getting milk cartons, cameo videos, all kinds of fun stuff, right? Yeah, we got cowboy hats, milk cartons, uh, autograph photos, uh, birthday cards, uh, T-shirts, cameo video messages, you name it. We have it at KurtAnglebrand.com. Go on there, order whatever you want, and I will send it to you. And Kurt's doing them with two brand new knees now. So can you imagine how <laughs> yeah. entertaining they are? Doing much better than last week, Paul. That's I'm, good I'm to hear, brother. To come out of this. I, I saw felt like I was stuck in mud for two weeks. I saw a picture with you and your doctor online. You're standing there beside him, man. Yeah, yeah. I got up for that picture. It was rough. <laughs> I bet it was, brother. <laughs> well, so glad to see it. Uh, let's talk about wildcatbelts.com. There's two left of that uh, awesome hero belt, that Kurt Angle hero belt. And that's from our buddy, Andrew, who just does a phenomenal job with championship belts. He does. The, this title is incredible. The American Hero Belt. Kurt's showing it on video for those that are on adfreeshows.com. But, man, gorgeous belt. Check it out. Kurt's going to sign it. He's going to sign the Certificate of Authenticity. He's going to sign the display uh, prop that you can set the belt in. It's an unbelievable value, so definitely make sure you check that out. And then finally There are only week, two left. Two, that's right. Two left. So check it out. Saturday, August 27th. Kurt, you're going to be ready for this, right? You're ready to fly to Wisconsin with me? Yes. I'm going to hopefully throw out the first pitch. <laughs> He's going to throw out the first pitch for the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. Yes. That's, that's right. Wrestling night at the park. We're going to do a live Q&A podcast prior to the game. And then... Uh, he's going to throw out the first pitch and we're going to have a lot of fun there. So it's right outside of green Bay in Appleton, Wisconsin. You can go to their uh, website, check it out, get tickets. Kurt and I want you to be a part of that, man. We're going to have a lot of fun there. Finally, check us out on adfreeshows.com. You get to watch all these videos, Kurt's bonus content and join us in Chicago Labor Day weekend, top guy weekend. Kurt and I will be together on stage. He and I were just talking some plans of how we can do some fun stuff there for ad free show members. Kurt, uh, we're going to have a lot of fun this summer, my friend. We are going to have a lot of fun. It's going to be a very special summer on the Kurt Angle show. You got it. We got another big guest coming soon, which I can't wait for. And so guys hang with us. You're in for a real treat this year, uh, on behalf of our Olympic gold medal hero, Kurt Angle. This is Paul Bromwell. We're coming back at you next week, as always, live and in color. Thank you for joining us once again here on The Kurt Angle Show. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.